What's up, guys? I'm Zach, your host of the Aux Podcast, bringing you a daily dose of uncensored wisdom to jumpstart your life. 10 minutes or less, no bullshit, no topic off limits. Let's plug in. How to prevent another George Floyd. Watching George Floyd slowly suffocate to death in the hands of a police officer who was sworn to serve the people made me cry. And then I got angry. After my emotions subsided, I sat down for hours to write and think about what happened to George Floyd and how it could have been prevented. I'm not an expert in police violence, nor do I pretend to be. I'm just one of the millions of people who watched what happened and wrote down some common sense issues that me- that need to be addressed. I'm I I saw a situation. I I learned as much as I could about it. I took advantage of the social media blackout and I watched the video of over eight and a half minutes of four police officers standing by as one of those officers forced his knee into the back of George Floyd's neck for eight and a half minutes as he was wheezing heavily. Bystanders were filming and he called out for his mom at one point. He said, mama. And I couldn't help but think that that's exactly what I would do if I was being strangled to death and I knew I was about to die. I would scream out for my mom one more time in hopes that she would come save me like she had so many times before when I was a kid. And there's obviously a huge fucking problem. And in order for you to address that problem, you have to look at the problems with racism, but there are also many things that extend beyond racism, like the interaction with the police community and the black community, how police are trained, the bystander effect. There's a lot of issues that, again, I'm not an expert in police violence, but I wrote about seven practical issues, which I'll link in the podcast description. And I'm not going to go through all seven here, but there's one thing that I left out from these issues. That's not really a practical action, but it's more of just a mindset to prevent something happening to someone like George Floyd, who was a non-threatening black man who was put in handcuffs. Once you're put in handcuffs, you are a non-threat. That is the point of handcuffs. It is to stop you from gaining momentum or energy to use your body in any way to be a threat to someone. As soon as you're in a handcuffs, as soon as you're in handcuffs, I don't care if you just finished raping three people or went on a serial killing spree when a cop has you in handcuffs that officer's job is done and any unnecessary suffering that that person gets beyond being detained and once the situation is de-escalated any suffering beyond that is not in an officer's job description so George Floyd was a non-threat that was choked to death in broad daylight and there's a mindset that we need to adopt as a country and just as human beings in general. And there are a few quotes that I've read recently that I've saved that I think really embody this mindset. 
The first quote is a quote by Stoic philosopher Marcus Aurelius, and he says, quote, understand that you are part of a spiritual brotherhood. There's something cheering and soothing in this thought which will make you calm and satisfied. One of the most chilling things about the video of George Floyd being kneed on in the back of the neck is that this police officer doesn't even seem to realize or doesn't even seem to register that he is killing a man in real time, that his knee is in the back of a man's neck. And I learned at 10 years old, just rough housing on the playground, that the neck is an extremely vulnerable position and that putting pressure on the neck cuts off circulation of the blood to your brain. It cuts off your oxygen. So the neck is a really fucking vulnerable place. And I just can't wrap my head around how a cop could think that anyone would survive the position that he put this man in for two minutes, let alone eight. It's a testament to George Floyd's will to live that he survived for over eight minutes. And the the part about understanding you're a part of the spiritual brotherhood, as Marcus Aurelius says, in my mind, there's no way that this cop saw George Floyd as a brother, as a spiritual brother, someone who, who is a human being, someone who feels pain, someone who feels emotion, someone who goes through shitty times, who goes through good times, who has a family, has a job, kid, I don't know if he has kids, but just there's no way that this cop could have done what he did and also saw this person as an equal. And I'm not even talking about race. I, I'm talking about just like a human to human connection at this point that I don't care how much you hate a person, how much you dislike a person or how neutral you feel about them, what your what your feelings are about someone, even if it's a stranger, just by being a human, that person is in a spiritual brotherhood. They have the capacity to feel pain. They have the capacity to go up and down a roller coaster of emotions. They will live and die just like you. They're susceptible to the same weaknesses and strengths. And it's, there's no, it, there's no way in my mind that this cop saw George Floyd as someone who was part of this brotherhood. There's no way that he saw what was beneath his knee as a human being. It was more like an animal. If you've ever seen videos of wild animals killing each other, often animals will go for the neck and they will press down or bite with their jaw, close their jaw, and that animal, you know, it's still alive and kicking, but like over the course of a few minutes, it slowly dies and bleeds out. And there are a lot of parallels between how animals treat their prey and assert dominance over their prey and how George Floyd was kneed and, and suffocated and choked to death under the knee of this officer. I'm not saying that this officer saw him as an animal, but he definitely did not see him as someone who was an equal brother, who was a, a human being and walking as someone who is equal to himself. 
The next quote is from author Lucy Mallory, and she says, quote, humanity has begun to understand that we will rise and fall together, that we are bound together as well as live together. People are listening more and more to the voice which speaks inside us. So again, we we're bonded by the humanity that we all share. When one of us gets hurt, when one of us dies, there's a pain that ripples throughout humanity. And I know that sounds cheesy and corny, but in order for us to get to a place where George Floyd is not going, an incident like what happened to George Floyd is not going to happen again, we have to be able to see the rise and fall of humanity like something that gets built up and torn down with the the actions with the small actions that people do every day so just one person being hurt affects the group one person doing well affects the group it's not we're not divided from each other we're we're a network of humanity and i think that there are things that connect us that we don't even understand parts of consciousness and wavelengths and and thought patterns and and I think as time goes on and probably long after I'm gone and you're gone, we'll we'll have a much better understanding of how humans are connected. And I think we're connected in ways that we don't even understand we're connected right now. Like I've, I've felt moments in my life where I'm like transcending a connection with other human beings beyond what we perceive as normal and whether that's through music or sex or a psychedelic experience like there there is something we don't get about human connection yet we are more deeply connected than we think and so when one of us gets harmed all of us get harmed and when one of us do well it's good for all of us and and we should see it like that we shouldn't see it as you know fuck that person for doing well i want what he has or you know that person i don't give a shit what happens to him it's not me you can't have that mentality and not expect things like george floyd to happen and, and people like george floyd to get harmed and that is like what lucy mallory is talking about with we rise and fall together. The last quote I wanted to bring up is from the Russian writer Dostoevsky. And he says, quote, there will be people near me and to be a man among people and remain a man forever, not to be downhearted or befall what misfortunes befall me. This is life. And Dostoevsky wrote this in a letter to his brother, I believe, after getting out of prison. And he this quote just reminded me of the fact that we do good for each other not for a reward and not because we're expecting something good to be done for us in return but because we are here and we can do good the fact that we just have the ability to be a man among people and there are people around you that is all the reason in the world you need to do good because you are near people because you are a man among people and because you will be a man until you die that is why we need to protect each other and why we need to do good not not and and if you, if you have and I'm not shitting on religion um of course if you if you believe in god if you believe in heaven 
part of your motivation is that you want to do good so that you enter the pearly gates of heaven. And I, it obviously as an atheist, I don't think like that, but I'm not saying that you can't also think like that if you are religious. It, it's, it's not a, it's not a religion thing. It's more of like a, a spiritual brotherhood thing. Like in the first quote, like an interconnectivity of human beings across i'm not talking about like doing things for a higher power i'm talking about we are connected to each other horizontally not a vertical relationship horizontally there's a connectivity between human beings and we are one man among those people and because we are among those people that is why we can why we should do good whenever we have a chance when you walk out the door you don't know when the last day you'll be alive is you don't know how long you have on this earth do good because you can because you have the power to do good and so my challenge to you is to think about how you can be part of that spiritual brotherhood how you can do good because you can and there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now with coronavirus still going around uh there are riots in cities all over the united states so think about what you can do to do good simply because you can and to do your part as part of the spiritual brotherhood. So, for example, a lot of businesses are being looted, likely in your area, in, in New York City, Chicago, D.C., San Francisco, wherever you are. Maybe there's a small business who needs help repairing their shop and fixing things. They need an extra body this weekend to help repair the, the, the damage that's been done to their shop. You can protest peacefully in the streets and, and join the movement. You can write about your experience. You can do your part not to be a bystander. If, if someone's destroying a business or, or spray painting, you can step in and say something. You can speak up and, and use your voice on a, a podcast or uh, YouTube. You can you make content that will get out the word on what is happening and do your part to just be part of that spiritual brotherhood and get that voice in your head, get past that voice in your head that says people are looking at me and just do what you think is right. Like th there have been times in my life where I know exactly what the right thing is to do, but I don't do it because I'm scared of what other people are think will think, or they're looking at me or, you know, what if, what if this person opinion changes what if this person thinks about me differently fuck that voice i'm not immune to it and i've succumbed to it many times in my life but fuck that voice and if you see something and you know what the right thing is to do just do it and people who think differently about you after that probably aren't worth hanging around anyway so that's my challenge think about what you can do to be part of the spiritual brotherhood to help out and to use your voice and your point of view, your perspective, no matter if you have a community of millions of followers or a few hundred people, or maybe you don't even go on social media much at all, but to just use what you can do and, and do good simply because you can.